Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the first episode of our new show focused all on hockey, Drunk on Ice. Welcome, 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 everybody. Uh, my name is Don. I'm normally, you normally find me uh, with the green banners on Drunk on Broad, uh, but we are uh, branching out for our new show. We're uh, going to check out uh, everything hockey, everything flyers. Uh, and I am joined tonight uh, by my co-host, uh, Jason. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Well, first and foremost, Don, I'm so excited mm -hmm. to be here. And thank you so much for asking me to be your co-host. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I'm absolutely honored to be with, you know, working with you. Absolutely. You're one of the best. And uh, what can I say, man? Orange and black. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Bring it there on. There we go. We got uh, a car so, of our jersey. Hey, listen, yeah, we're, 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 we're all, all over everything hockey. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to see uh, tonight. You're, you're going to see a, a preview of, you know, the, the season to come. Uh, we'll recap some of the off season moves from uh, the, the additions and subtractions of, of this team. Um, and then uh, we'll get into, uh, you know, you, you're going to, you definitely want to, going to stick, want to stick around for our final thoughts. Uh, we've got some uh, a little a little mix of you know something from Jason's world from from the music industry, um, and we'll uh, we're, we're just gonna you know we're gonna get right into it and get started. Uh, you know before we get into it, you know we gotta try to pay some bills here. Um, we got our 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 one main sponsor, our La Terrain watches. Uh, if you have not seen and checked out some of their uh, their 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 wrist wears. Uh, they've got some pretty stylish, pretty crazy stuff um, and nothing too crazy, nothing too expensive. So uh, make sure that when you're uh, when you're checking out, you're using the, the code DOB and uh, help support uh, support us, support the, this local podcast. And, uh, you know, with that, Jason, if you've got nothing else, we're uh, let's get right into it. We got hockey action. Uh, we got the the Flyers, uh, you know, coming off a. a lackluster disappointing season um you know what what are, what, are, what are your feelings going into this season uh well first and foremost i have feelings of hope because let's face yeah. it last year it was a total letdown i mean coming off the previous season when you know we went to the second round of the playoffs um you know that team you know, I truly thought they had a shot that year. Uh, they were kind of the Cinderella team kind of towards the end. Um, I don't think a lot of people had picked the Flyers to be, you know, or go that far. But if you looked at last year's team, they took a giant step backwards, obviously. Yeah. Actually, I wouldn't say a giant step. It was almost like they jumped off a cliff, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, if you, th if you think about that, that COVID season, that's, you know, that's interrupted in the middle of the season, it's shortened, you know, they're playing in, a, they're playing in the bubble and, you know, they very generously get the number one seed in that, you know, that little tiny play in tournament, um, which, you know, I, I don't know if that, that gave that team last year, a, a false sense of security and saying like, all right, well, we're a number one seed. 
Um, but you're right. It fell off a cliff last year. Um, disappointing kind of at every level of this, uh, you know, at, at every level of that team. I think you saw um, the defense falter. I think that was a direct, and this is something we'll get into in a minute, but a direct correlation to the performance uh, in net. Um, and I think it just kind of it was a trickle down effect. I think it, it got the, uh, it, it got the flyers, you know, in, in a false sense of, of security here. Um, I don't know who that is. No. Who is Mike, where are your glasses in that picture? That's my, that's my God. Like the baby's I don't recognize him because he doesn't have his glasses on. I don't, I, I normally recognize him as, uh, as Clark Duke. Yeah. I'm used to the glasses. It looks totally different. <laughs> Thanks for checking um, in Mikey. But great checking in Mike. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward, you know, at some point, you know, the plan is, uh, to, you know, after we have a couple episodes, start bringing people on. Uh, Mike is definitely one uh, that we're going to have on. His hockey knowledge is kind of second to none in the city. Um, and, you know, Jason, you've got a couple people that, you know, we've kind of, you know, started to branch out and touch base with. So um, in the future, we'll be having some people on to have some conversations about uh, this this team. But uh, in terms of the, the offseason moves, what do you, what what are your what are your initial thoughts on the offseason moves? I mean, I'm I gotta be honest with you, like we all agree. I mean, every single Flyers fan, unless they were, you know, living under a rock, knows that the defense was the biggest weakness. I mean, yeah. there was a lot of weaknesses, but the defense was the number one problem with the team. So um I absolutely love what Chuck Fletcher did. Uh you know, I know sometimes when, you know, GMs kind of look at a certain weakness and they kind of focus all their energy on it, a lot of times people say, oh, it's an overreaction or, you know, they're kind of like, you know, I don't want to say overlooking other areas, but I think he realized not only was the defense bad and piss poor, but it was also – very the, the Flyers team was very soft yeah so if you look at every single player and I know you're going to go through a list and mm -hmm. you know moving forward of uh, you know of the moves but if you look at every single player that was brought in two key characteristics were their leadership and their toughness yeah so, I was gonna say you've got you've got a lot of, a lot of the guys that they brought in were either captains or assistant cat yeah you know, uh, assistant captains on on you know their on their previous teams. Um, but I also think that the one thing that stood out to me in terms of the, the guys that they brought in, everything was centered around making the goalie not have to work as hard. I think that's where this team faltered last year was that they weren't able to get protection for the goalie. You know, you, there, there's only so much that a goalie can do young or old or experienced um, when they're facing 40, 50 shots a night. Um, and I think for a young goalie in Carter Hart's position, having that experience night after night after night, and then, you know, he might have 48 saves, but they might lose four one because he gave up four goals. So I think the, uh, the, the additions, um, and then there's also some additions by subtraction um, for them to be able to bring in, 
you know, if we just start like on defense, you know, bringing in Ryan Ellis and, and Ristolainen. Um, and in the process, getting, you know, getting rid of, you know, another failed, you know, top pick in Nolan Patrick. Um, and then, you know, they're bringing in Keith Yandel. So the, the securing the back end. Um, and then I, I also, the, the move that I think might, that might have gone under the radar was bringing in Martin Jones. Um, he was a solid backup in San Jose um, on a horrible team. So I think a lot of that's one that you kind of have to look past the statistics and realize that you're getting a guy who's experienced. You're getting a guy who's a reliable backup that if you need to, you know, spell Carter Hart for a night, that's a guy you can rely on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny that you say that because a lot, I heard a lot of people trashing that move. And I'm not going to lie, I wasn't too happy with it either. I mean, there was guys that I would have rather had. I would have rather had Holpe. Uh, the guy I really wanted was Bernier. Uh, okay. I loved him when he was with L.A. But but that doesn't – don't take for granted the fact of what you said, the fact that he played on such a bad team. I know, And, and I know, you know, there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people that think they know everything or know better. But I will say this about – Martin Jones, he's the kind of player that I look at that could surprise people. Yeah. So I agree. It's, you know, a lot, a lot of people didn't like the move, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to work. Right. The bottom line is let's face it. Carter Hart is the number one goalie on this team. So this team's going to go as far as Carter Hart. Now I get it with, you know, the Olympic break being longer and, and, you know, having, you know, it's always, you never know if there's going to be injuries. And and so, you know, to that, to that respect, the backup goalie becomes more important. But to me, you had Carter Hart, who's your future. So yeah. if this team is going to go anywhere anytime in the near future, it's going to be because of Carter Hart. So let's, right. like I said, I, I'm not upset that you have a guy that's at least a veteran that, you know, has been around the league, knows how to play the game. I mean, he's looked actually pretty decent in preseason. I know it's preseason, but you know what? Goalies are – a lot of times goalies, you know, are streaky. Right. And what I want for my backup goalie is just somebody that I know that if Carter Hart has to miss a game, that he's going to come in and play consistent. Now, is he going to have a one goals against and and have a – a 980 save percentage? No. But but the fact that you fix these defense like you talked about is going to make all the issues with the goal. I'm not saying it's going to go away, but we, we both talked about this off the air, you mm-hmm. know, plenty of times before the show that a lot of Carter Hart's regression had to do with the fact that his confidence was shaken and your confidence gets shaken when you play behind a team that is baby soft. You're that doesn't pro- you're, have anybody's back. At, at that point, you're you're a product of your environment. Correct. Right. You know, I'm a teacher by trade. Right. At, if if there's something going on in my classroom, right, on some level, I'm responsible. Right. So I know that that that, that team did not put him in the best position to be successful. They had so many turnovers. They, they're, you know, they're, they're giving up the puck in their own end. They're, 
putting him in a position where he's got to defend a two on O or two on one um, where I think you know, these moves, you know, with, with Ellis and Ristolainen and Yandel, you've got guys who are experienced. You've got guys who are reliable on the back end. And, and when you pair them, you know, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you put them on the back end of the defense, you know, right now the, the pairing is, you know, uh, uh, uh Brian Ellis and Ristolainen, and then Provorov and Sandheim. You know, I don't hate that. I, I like that. That back end to me is reliable. Um, it, it's a it's a back end that is going to protect the puck in their own end. Um, is going to be able to get the puck out in, in you know in power play situations. So for me, um, I like their, their 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 move on the their moves on the defensive end. Um, and then as far as like uh, you know, some of the other guys, you know, the, the one move that I think swapped out, you know, some, some old talent for some, you know, some younger talent is, you know, the getting rid of Voracek and bringing in Cam Atkinson. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that move. I mean, anybody that knows me knows my feelings on Jake Voracek. Right. I mean, let's face it. The guy I, and I'll never sit here and, and say that he was a terrible player because he wasn't. He was a great player. He, he put up lots of numbers. But to me, Jake Wurczyk put up hollow numbers. Like, yeah. he never did anything in the playoffs. Neither did any, any of these players. I mean, we, we, can, we'll get it. we have plenty of time. We have this show going on for hopefully forever. We'll have right. plenty of time to dive into that, that aspect. But I was glad to see a change. It was time to, you know, shed that salary. Um, Cam Atkinson to me is a, you know, he's a little younger. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say he's, you know, much younger, but he's a guy, it's a fresh set of eyes. It's a fresh set of energy in the locker room. Jake Voracek to me was the kind of guy, I mean, when you have half the, when you're worried about social media and blocking people, when you're more worried about that than playing, you know, bettering your game, that should tell you all you needed to know about Jake Voracek. Right. I mean, to me, I think Cam Atkinson, right off the bat, you could tell when he came in and they, they interviewed him in that first press conference. He's a guy that, you know, he wants to win. And I think that's what was missing on this team. Like, we needed guys that that are hungry. And I think what Chuck Fletcher did with a lot with, – with all the offseason moves was he, he changed the mentality. And that that's, to me, was the biggest problem with this Flyers team. Like – you know, nobody had anybody's back. You know, you have a guy like the guy that I really love. This is my my favorite move of the offseason was wrist aligning. And I'm telling you, if, if you if, if anybody's been watching these preseason games, more and more people are going to love right. wrist aligning. Wrist aligning. I, I remember when they made that move, everybody was freaking out. They're like, wrist aligning's terrible. Look at his numbers, dude. Rasmus Ristolainen is exactly the type of player that this team's been missing since Chris Pronger. Right. He hits everything in sight. He's yeah. going to not going to let, you know, Joe Schwartz is the guy that, that this city is going to fall in love with. Correct. Yeah. That's all you could want for your team. Now, if yeah. they bring him in and, and he, you know, he doesn't put up numbers, I'm not worried about my defensemen putting up numbers. You have other guys that can do that. My thing is with my defense – I want my defense to not be – I want people to be scared to come back into the Wells Fargo Center. And that's the type of player that Rasmus Ristolainen is. 
Like, yeah, he don't, let's not forget. He played on Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo has been one of the, you know, the doormats of the NHL for the past five years. So let's not, you know, forget the fact that he was on a terrible team. So yes, his numbers weren't going to be good anyway. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I think, you know, Mike, Mike's bringing up some good points with, you know, with, with what he's saying about Borchek, you know, there's no doubt that he's got the tools to be, you know, as he's saying, a top 10 to 20 player. Um, he just, you know, <laughs> his play reminds me right now of like Barnett, like just bonehead, like bonehead plays in the middle of the game that make absolutely no sense. Um, and then, you know, with Hart, you know, I think, you know, Mike, well, I think what you're saying is, you know, is, is completely accurate in terms of like, you know, his performance on the ice, there was no doubt that he played horribly. Um, but I really feel like it, it was more of a product of the environment that was in front of him rather than what was, you know, what, what was in front of him wasn't helping him perform on, on the ice when he was in net. So it's not a, it's not a surprise that, you know, he had the season that he did. Well, um, you're, you're talking about rebound control. To me, that's not necessarily a lack of physical skill. A lot of that is mental. Right. When you're talking about that kind of stuff, like, you know, rebound control and, you know, puck control, it's not a physical limitation aspect. To me, that's a mental aspect and, and mechanical aspect. And the problem is, is when you had absolute dead last defense, worst right. defense in the NHL, gave up 201 goals last year. Right. Yes, that is the goalie, but we all know the defense couldn't get out of its own head. Right. The problem is, is when you're playing behind that and you are young, it, it's going to cause you to have, you know, lack of confidence. And that, right. to me, was Carter Hart's problem more so than anything was his confidence. When you're when your confidence is shot and you're young and you're and you're you know you know that a lot is you know on your shoulders. I mean, let's right. face it, we've been building Carter Hart as like the next Pelly Lindbergh, but. Yeah. The problem is, is he's still only 23 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and speaking of Pelly Lindbergh, there was a similar situation with Pelly Lindbergh. A lot of people forget that. Right. You know, in 1982, uh, 83, after he had his, his breakout season, he had an over four goals against the following year in 82, 83, and had a 407, uh, 860 save percentage. He kind of went backwards just like Hart. Right. And we all know what happened the following year. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. My point is is there's there's countless examples of goalies of young goalies that have struggled. Right. But the prop the problem is and the great thing about it is is that Fletcher at least went out and tried to address the issues. Now, are they going to all pan out? Let's face it. We 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 talked about this with the other team across Across the uh, the avenue, the Phillies. Right. We, we were saying if if this guy does this, if this guy does that, if this move you know pans out, if this move does, you know the team will be good. So we could say that about anything. Yeah, I mean, at, least at, try. at the very, I was gonna say, at the very least, you're shooting your shot. That you're you're making an effort to try to get this team to contend in the East. Um, you know, are are they in the same vein as what's at the top of the East? No. No, they're not near Tampa. They're not near 
Boston. Um, they're not going to contend with those with those teams. But c- can they be a playoff contender? I think they can. Um, and I think by making some of these moves, um, and you know, and speaking of some of the you know the the off season moves, um, the the thing that I liked that they did towards the end of the summer was, you know, was locking up, you know, Carter Hart signing, you know, him, you know, signing that three-year extension, you know, Couturier signing that eight-year extension, and then Farabee with his six-year extension. Um, I think, you know, Chuck Fletcher did a good job at, at locking in, you know, some of that young talent uh, so that they have the flexibility to be able to, you know, move around um, and make some moves. Yeah, I mean – this is kind of one of those things where, you know, you don't fix, you know, Rome wasn't built, you know, in one day. Right. You're not going to fix it in one year. This team, let's face it with the Flyers. The Flyers are in a tough position because, you know, and we, we could talk about it till we're blue in the face, but the Flyers don't have any elite level players at this time. They don't. Mm-hmm. Elite level talent and generational talent only comes around so often and only certain amount of teams have it. Unfortunately in the East Tampa Bay, they got a lot of it. They have have multiple elite players. So it's a wonder why they're doing so well. I mean, you can look at Boston, you know, the Bruins, they have elite Mm -hmm. level talent. The thing with the Flyers is we have to only just hope that they can compete, which in hockey, any team can win, but you need to have sound defense and your goaltending has to be right. So I, I, I think we both agree. Like, you know, I, I, th- I think me, the thing that, that, that both of those teams have in common, though, is they do they do two things really well. They develop talent internally, and they evaluate talent incredibly well. So not only are the 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 guys that they are, you know, initially bringing in, you know, through the player entry draft. Their, eva- their, their evaluation of talent and being able to identify players, both in Tampa and in Boston, um, and then being able to develop that talent once they're in their system. You know, Second to none. You're right. It, it, it's, it's the reason why those teams are successful. They're not, you know, you know I, I will say that, you know, last year Tampa kind of skirted the, the rules a little bit um, in, in, in the way that they kind of manipulated a little bit of money to be able to get guys, um, you know, to add players onto their roster, but they do a phenomenal job at developing talent and they do a phenomenal job at identifying talent before they, you know, before they get into their system. I, I mean, you, like you just said it, you nailed it up and down that yeah. team. You got Vasilevsky, this goalie, he's a world-class goalie. He was drafted 19th. He's insane. Dude. He um, is insane. I'll tell you the guy that's even more of an amazing find, or which I look at, it's either an amazing find or you could say that there was a ton of inept GMs and, and coaches making these drafts. Nikita Kucherov. That yeah. guy's a beast, and I think he was a second rounder. Yeah. I mean, you can look – I, I mean, I remember I did a Twitter thread on this last year when, when, when Tampa was, you know, kind of going to the finals, and it was just – it was sickening to me. I kind of did a, a comparison on, like, the Flyers drafts compared to Tampa Bay. Right. And it was just sickening how Tampa just hit on every single pick, whereas the Flyers, like, you know, a couple of hits, but 
a lot of misses. I mean, listen, we don't have and to go through the 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 litany of of missed. It's just like top, the Eagles top top talent draft picks <laughs> that we've missed on on every with, sport with, with with every team with the Phillies. Oh God, you're right. You know the the that list is is eternal in terms of the guys that they've passed on missed um is crazy but like Dude, you know for, make a great podcast uh a podcast just on like the ineptitude of, of philadelphia uh, teams drafts absolutely um you know the the thing that i think for me you know and, and you know while we're talking on on the the coach and the gm um you know adam's asking do you think he's on the hot seat I mean, not for nothing, but, you know, teams change hockey coaches like like we change our underwear. So, like, you know, they're, they're, they're always is, on the hot seat. Is he on the hot seat, you know, right now? No. Um, but if they start off really crappy and they don't play really well and they're mired in, you know, the bottom half of the, the East, could they fire him and, and hire someone internally? Sure. You're right. I mean, yeah. they're always on the hot seat, but no, it's a good question. Like, Aline Vigneault, I mean, to me, I'm glad that we have a coach like him, though, because, uh, you know, and I know he's getting a lot of flack right now. I, I mean, we th that's another subject we could talk Very about on another show because yeah. I know we wanted to make this the preview show, mm -hmm. but I, I know I'm sure you saw the Leonard comments, the goalie, yeah. and, you know, Nolan Patrick. They, a lot of people think it's coming from Nolan Patrick, which to me – I. I don't want to well, see Mike, 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 Mike and Dom were talking about that on, you know, in their, in their last episode. And, and we can get into that, you know, on a, on another day yeah. in time, but like, I mean, I don't know. to me, I, I want a guy like AV. I want a guy that's holding people accountable. I'm tired of hearing like, Oh, is he too tough on play? I don't care if, if Giroux doesn't like the fact that the guy's tough that then shame on yeah. Giroux. Like Giroux, what have you done? Like I love Giroux, but right. let's face it. Once again, he's another player that puts up a lot of points, but what what has he truly done in the playoffs? I mean, yeah, really. You, you, I mean, you're right. So it like, goes on and on. Yeah. So are, are are they on the hot seat? They could be. You know, they're, they're my my feeling on the <laughs> the coach and the GM is that you know I think what Mike said was was pretty you know was pretty on point is that you know if they if they come close or they miss the playoffs, you know yeah. they're you know, Mike, you're right on. Like they, that that could be switched very very easily. That that's not something that I think te teams in the NHL are not shy about making those moves. Um, the one thing that I never understood is like hockey is the one sport that they just continue to just recycle coaches. There there, there are some coaches, ours included, that I feel like have coached for like six or seven different teams. And they literally just go, they, they get fired by one, they get hired by another. They take six months off, they get hired by another guy. So Yeah, um, hockey more so than any other sport. Any, any other sport. Um, I mean, it happens in other sports, but, yeah, you, I mean, like Joel Quenville, perfect example. Yeah, absolutely. He's another guy that's, you know, been multiple places. So so to look ahead, to, 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 to think about Chris's question about what the Flyers are going to do this year, um, you know, if if I'm starting to look at like it, the the teams in the East, um, you know, this team could be a middle of the road like playoff team, like a four, five, six seed ish. 
but they could also be out of the playoffs. It really is going to depend on how this team plays throughout the season. Um, they're not going to, I don't think they're in a position like Tampa where they're not, they're not going to go in and blow anybody's doors off. I think they're going to win a lot of games, you know, three, two, two, one, you know, four, three. I think that they're going to have that opportunity to be able to win those games. Um, but I don't, they're, they're not, they're certainly not going to run away with this, with this metropolitan division. No, I mean, uh, let's face it. The Metropolitan Division right now is probably the toughest division in hockey. Not probably. It is. It is. So um, my, my, my expectations for this team are not very high, kind of like the Eagles. Um, and, and I know a lot of people are going to be disappointed in me saying that, but I'm an, uh, you know me. I try to be an optimist, but I'm also a realist. I'm that yeah, way with yeah. the Phillies. And you know what? That's part of what. I do. I'm not going to change who I am. And, and I know you got you and, uh, no. you know, Rich are the same way. And, and, you know, on your shows, like I'm going to be honest and, you know, whether people like it or not. So I see a huge improvement on paper with this team. I, I love all the off season moves. I was, you know, the only one that I was a little down on was the goalie, but once again, I said, it's the backup goalie. So I'm not really, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'd rather have I'd rather have him than Elliot because Elliot to me is always hurt, always has right. groin injuries. It, it's just always an issue with it. And not that Elliot was a terrible goalie, but I, I needed a change. So the best you know, of the, the best ability is availability, right? That, so if, that, you, yeah. if we can so, be there and be reliable, then you know, then then, then we're kind of on we're we're on the right track. Cor correct. And so with that being said, like I love the moves. Um, I'm not, unfortunately, like you said, I, I think they could make the playoffs, but the way I have them and, and, you know, I know we're going to get into our previews of, of where we have each team, you know, or, or you know, each divisions, mm -hmm. um, I have them finishing fifth in the division, which to okay. me, if that's the case, they're not going to make the playoffs. I don't think, I mean, unless the other divisions totally, you know, you know, top okay. Um, but, you know, I, I think you know, when, when I look at free agency, like, um, like the teams in the East, like there, there are teams in the East that definitely added quality players, you know, like Blake Coleman goes from the, from the flames to the lightning. Um, you know, Dougie Hamilton ends up, uh, in, in Carolina. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the, the teams in the East that were already strong didn't really lose. You know, David Krejci goes back to the, to the, the Bruins. Um, I, I don't think anyone that's at the top of the division, you know, the, the, the higher echelon teams, you know, the, your, your Boston's um, your Tampa's, you know, the, 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 you know, even Carolina and, and, you know, um, you know, Brooklyn are, are going to be teams that are going to be strong and contenders. Um, you know, and let's be honest, Pittsburgh's always going to be strong. They're always going to give the Flyers trouble. So they, they, they've got an uphill battle to ju just at baseline. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, we kind of wanted to give our – uh, player that you know we think is going to have a breakout season, and and you know a player that's going to have a bounce back season. So, 
Um, my player that I had, uh, w- you know, to have a breakout season. Uh, well, actually, I had to change it because he didn't make the team. My pick was Morgan Frost, and then mm-hmm. he didn't make the team. So, um, I'm looking at Limbaum. Yeah, to have a breakout season this year because I think he was on this cusp of having a breakout season before you know, obviously you know, he went through what he went through and to just come back from that in itself is amazing. And I think Limblom is the guy type of guy that, you know, if you surround him with, you know, you know, they change the mentality in this locker room. I think he could have a, you know, he could be a big, you know, assist type guy on this team. Like, so I'm looking at him because obviously we already know Joel Farabee was the guy and I think he's going to take another step forward, but, to me, my breakout guy would be Oscar Lindblom. And then right. my player to have a bounce back season. I mean, it's obvious. It's an easy one, but it's obvious. It's Carter yeah. Hart because got, if, if, if the bounce back player is not Carter Hart, then there's a problem. Then there's a problem. Um, and, and, you know, the guy for me that I looked at to, to kind of really bust out, I think league wide on this team, I think is Progrove. I think he, with, with having Ellis and Ristolainen, on the back end with him really is going to give him an opportunity to really assert himself as, you know, a top echelon guy on the blue line for, for this team. And, you know, not having to kind of toe all the line to be able to have a little, a little, you know, help, you know, telling the line on in terms of the blue line. Um. For me, it's just, you know, I, I think he, he's prime for – he's a prime candidate for being able to have that, uh, you know, that bust-out season. Dude, most definitely. Yeah. I, I think you just you, – you, you made a good point. I didn't even think of Provorov because when you think of him, you already think that he has kind of, you know, been a breakout. But you're right. He's not the upper echelon guy, and he could right. become that. He has the talent to do it. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think – Ryan at Mike's hitting yeah. on a point. I said risk the lining was my favorite move, and, and I, I said why. But I'll tell you what, Philly is going to love Ryan Ellis. Yeah, they really are. That guy is a badass player, man. And, and he brings a lot of energy. And you could see it in, in, the, in the preseason. Um, you know, he's bringing it, you know, when he's been on the ice. Um, Got to love, you know, the beard yeah. and the – I, I love players like that. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, um, the, the Flyers can recycle all those Jake Voracek, uh, Chia pet giveaways. They're going to have a lot of, lot of beards, uh, come playoff time. Right. <laughs> um, no, but I, I definitely love Ryan Allen. Like, like I said, I loved every move, you know, a move that we didn't even mention that I really, I love the player. I think he's a great veteran is Broussard. Yeah. I mean, that was like an under-the-radar type guy. Um, so under-the-radar that we didn't even mention it. <laughs> no, I, I'm a, I actually – like No, you're Broussard. right, though. I, I, I think he's – you know, he's a consistent guy. Yeah. You know, he's not going to give you a ton of points, but, you know, he's a veteran, which, this, like I said, once again, this team needed veteran leadership. Right. You got rid of the problems. You got rid of Nolan Patrick. You know, I think we can all agree he, he's a bust. I, yeah. I don't think he's – I think he's going to be a couple years and out of the league. That's just the – and I know I get trashed about that. And and you know what? 
you know, it's sad that he had concussions and all. And I, you know, I feel bad for him in that aspect. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, we missed the boat with him. And, right. you know, it, you I mean, know, it sucks. The I, fact that the Flyers, the year that the Flyers had the number one pick, there wasn't a generational type guy. Well, and then the couple years later, that when the Phillies had the number one pick, Moniak. and Moniak was there, and there wasn't a generational talent. It and just, then a couple, of, and then a couple of years later, the Sixers have a number one pick, and well, Simmons is what it is. But then you know they have that they have that top pick, and they take Fultz. And like, I'm going it, down a rabbit hole that I don't need to go down. Well, no, but there's a good point. You you think more teams would start tanking like the process that like the Sixers did. Mm-hmm. Knowing that if there's a, a good player coming out in a couple of years, oh, let's let's tank to kind of plan ahead. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The one thing we talked about on one of our drunk on broad episodes was the um, the whole uh, EPL relegation and how like the those teams that are at the bottom half that in most of the leagues it's like in the bottom three they get demoted, so they go down. You know, the they go down a tier. It's less pay it's less money for the team it's less everything so like those teams they're not tanking they're actually fighting to stay in the premier league or in the championship or in, you know they're but you know i i just you know for me i i like the the idea that this team is kind of making changes to not just to make changes but they're making changes to make moves in the uh in the east at the top of the East, no. But I think as far as, um, you know, as far as the, this team goes, what what are some other – who are some other teams that are you're thinking about in the East? Well, I mean, I can give you my breakdown real quick. So, sure. I, I have the Islanders winning the division. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people are super high on the Hurricanes, but I have the Capitals uh, finishing second. Okay. I got the Hurricanes third. I have the Penguins fourth, the Rangers fifth, the Flyers sixth, the Blue Jackets, and then, of course, the Devils. That's how I have this division, you know, panning out. But I think, give or take, that could change. You know, the Flyers could move up to – because you know how once you're in this division, you know, with hockey, it's like a lot of times teams are only separated by two points. So the Flyers could finish fourth and Pittsburgh could finish sixth. Right. But to me, I have the top – three teams to me in this, in this division, which is a very tough division, like mm-hmm. we said, is the Islanders, the Capitals and the Hurricanes. The yeah. Hurricanes to me are, are, are that team that's like ready to kind of take the next step. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of locked. I didn't know where you were. No, I'm kind I mean, listen, I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat uh, that those teams are really starting to assert themselves as, you know, the, the top echelon and, and, you know, really put themselves in a position to, you know, make playoff moves. Um, you know, and as far as, as far as the Atlantic goes, um, I think, you know, there, there's Tampa and then there's Boston and then there's everybody else. Yeah. Well, real quick, Mike, bro. I, I see the comments coming up sure. on the side. Uh, sorry. No, um, Mike has a good point uh, about, you know, Crosby missing, you know, a good amount of time and Malcolm being out too much. That's a good point. Yeah. So if the Penguins do start off really bad, they're going to have a hole to dig. But 
I, I'm just one of them guys that I think Tristan Jarry was was the problem with the Penguins. I mean, he, you know, you saw what he did in the first one. He got, you know, land blasted. I'm looking at that guy as having like a bounce back year for Pittsburgh. And I okay. think um, he'll keep them in a lot of games. But you're right. That that could that could sway the balance uh, with two key injuries. And it's crazy because with Pittsburgh, it se- doesn't it seem like – Crosby and Malkin have been hurt every single year the last yeah. like three or four years. They're always hurt. I, I don't get that. Yeah, like, no, no, you're they not. They haven't been healthy in like four or five years. Like it just seems to me it's almost like a recurring theme with that team. I don't know if they have the same trainers as the Eagles, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, you know, going going to the Atlantic, um, I kind of had the same breakdown. I, I have the Lightning winning, but I actually have the Panthers. Um, in second, and then the Bruins. I think Panthers are um, – The Panthers are a sneaky team. One of those dark horse teams, uh, you know, obviously – I saw somebody online picking them as uh, a sleeper team to win the Cup. They, I mean, they, they're good, dude. They're Like, their defense yeah. is young. Uh, I mean, they have great goaltending. Bobrovsky, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. listen, talk about another – Talk about oh, another fire that, that, you know, we gave up on super early. You know, we, we tried to, you know, we, we tried, we, we signed the wrong, we, <laughs> we extended the wrong guy. We extended right? the wrong goalie. You can't make this shit up. No, you can't. It's, it, it's incredible. Uh, But, you know, the other teams in that division, that's another tough division. Because you got the you got the uh, Maple Leafs and the Canadians too. Yeah. Now I think the Canadians are going to take a step back. They they had some losses uh, in the, you know obviously in the locker room. Right. Um, I, I believe uh, I wanted to say Canadians. Um, were, yeah, they lost just Barry. I mean, he was a key guy for right. them, and um, they also lost Corey Perry, who's a very good veteran. True. Um, and also, Shea Weber is actually out for the year. And then I just saw today that Carrie Price is at – he entered, uh, I think, rehab. Yeah. So, I think that kind of sways that – That you know, I, you know, they're a team that obviously last year finished a lot higher than a lot of people predicted. But I think, you know, obviously with all those things I just mentioned, I think they're going to drop. Um. I do have uh, the Red Wings improving, but they're still not there yet. They have a lot mm-hmm. of young talent, and I think I like what uh, you know the GM there is doing. He, he's kind of building, you know, from the bottom up, right? Uh, and then, of course, to round out that division, you got the Senators and the Sabers. So, I mean, they're the two. Yeah, yeah, and that whole. Um, I mean. The whole thing with the, with what's going on with Jack Eichel in, in in Buffalo is just you know him having the the medical issues and him wanting to do one thing, team wants him to do another thing. It just it's a Buffalo is just a hot mess. Um, so yeah, Mike, Mike, just, Mike brought up another point: uh, player yeah. assistance program. He entered. I, I said rehab, but I knew it was something. It has mental, you know. Yeah. I mean, he'll be in my prayer. I talk about a guy I respect and love. I mean, Carey Price is just, you know, one of the best. Yeah, I mean, listen, if if there's if there's ever an opportunity to talk about, you know, the the importance of mental health, um, 
I think the one thing that I'm liking about what's happening in sports is that players are advocating for themselves um, and they're able to say, hey, listen, I need help. I need to go to therapy. I need to go to talk to somebody. I need to go get some help. Um, I think that's um, I think that came out of a lot of the COVID stuff. People being at home, being alone, people being by themselves, not having you know, the ability to be able to interact, um, I think gave them the opportunity to see how important that mental health piece is. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it'll be in our prayers. Yeah, absolutely. Hope he uh, gets you know everything cleared up. All right, Jay, if you got to pick, you got to pick one team to come out of the East. Who's coming out of the East? Tampa. Yeah, I, I think they're three peat, and I, 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 I don't like it. No, but I mean they're just so good. Dude. They're just too good. I mean, we we hit on it, and and it, it's it, it reminds me. You know what Tampa reminds me of? The Dodgers in baseball. Like, yeah, that keeps uh, bringing up all these young guys, you know, and then just kind of brings in really good free agents just to, to kind of round out the yeah. team. Short story. I was rooting for I, I wanted uh, <laughs> I was rooting for the Cardinals last night. Only, only for the simple fact that I wanted I, I thought that if you know, if they lost if the Dodgers lost last night that it would force MLB to really look at the one game playoff to get rid of it. Cause then you'd have it a hundred, you know, a hundred plus team win, you know, out on a one game playoff, but they didn't, it is what it is. That'll be a conversation for another day. Yeah. I think, I just think with Tampa Bay, it, it, it realistically at the end of the day with all that great talent, they have Vasilevsky and he's just like unstoppable. He's just he, a stud. He's like this era of of like a Lundquist or you yeah, know yeah, yeah. even more like I mean honestly like you know he he reminds me of like he reminds me of like Patrick Waugh like that kind he of he is that good I mean he is a a, a, a top on top five I, I would I would I would venture to say he's he's he he could you could put him in a top five spot for you know a player in the league he's that good. Yeah, he's, I mean, he carries that team. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, he carried him in the playoffs. I mean, oh, absolutely. So, um, what 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 about out west? Okay, so out west, real quick. My west breakdown, real quick. I know, I know. Well, we got time left. We got but, time, but yeah. Um, the um, so you know, I, I like the fact that we went back to the the. We didn't even say that, but I like the fact that we're back to normal because right. I didn't like the, the divisions last year. Like I hated that news. Yeah, you know, the system that they had with COVID and yeah. So I like being back to the East and the West, but yo, know, so the Central, the team that I think in, in in the West that's the best team, not only in the Central but in the best team in the West is the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, Colorado I mean, strong. They're another team that's like just up and down. I mean, look at their lineup. Uh, you know. You know, their lines are just ridiculous. Like, they might have two of the best lines in hockey right now. With yeah. the, that, you know, that, that first line is, like, elite. Um, I mean, there's quite – we could get into that argument. Like, you know I'm a big list guy, so I think I might write an article and then we'll publish it on Drunk on Broad and sure. uh, and then we'll talk about it on the show. But, um, I, you know, I think another team in that division I who I have uh, – pick, I picked second is the Stars – um, okay. and then I have, uh, the blues 
Then I have the Jets, the Blackhawks, and then it rounded out with the Wild, the Predators, and the Coyotes. Um, okay. The team in that division that I think could be the dark horse is the Jets. They're a team that kind of could go either way. They could maybe finish higher or finish lower. Uh, and then, you know, over on the other side, um, you know, I see a comment here, you know, Adam C. saying the Vegas. I, I think this is the year that the Oilers finally really you know, go to the next step. I, I think they have all the talent in the world. I mean, Connor McDavid, obviously, is the best player in the league. Right. I, I, I think their problem has been their defense and, and somewhat, you know, sometimes uh, sloppy play. But I think that, you know, I think once a team starts failing – you know, a lot they learn, and I'm looking at this year being the year that they learn from their mistakes. Um, what do you think? I mean, yeah, for me, it's like like I read the West very similar to what I've read in the East. You've got, you know, in the East, you've got I think the class of the East is is really you know Tampa and Boston. Um, for me. You know the the class in, in the the two teams that have really set themselves kind of light years apart from from most of the teams is Colorado and, and Vegas. Um, and Vegas was the team that I thought you know I loved when they and we can talk about the the you know the expansion team in Seattle a little bit. Um, the the way that Vegas built their team, I mean they built that team through that expansion draft to win right away. Um, and I love where they've, and they've just kind of not stopped. They've just kind of continued to just, they, they built that strong base right at the beginning, right when they, when they picked that expansion draft. Um, and now they're just kind of capitalizing on that and just kind of building on that. Um, but Colorado is just like, they're, they're just, they're, they're talented. They're a class they're, of both of those teams are really talented. Um, and then, you know, uh, you've got teams that are going to be in that, you know, three, four, five, six range, kind of like you know, with, with you know, with Minnesota, with um, with Edmonton. Those, those are going to be teams that are going to have teams that are teams that are going to have players that are going to have young talent that are going to look to elevate that um, and maybe take that next step and maybe start to give you know Vegas and Colorado a, a run for their money. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm kind of looking at it a little bit different okay. than kind of how you did. I, I look at Vegas as being, and we'll get to this, but I, I look yeah. at Vegas as being, you know, up in that upper class. But I think that Vegas kind of, you know, when you get rid of a goalie like Mark andre Fleury, you bring in a Lanier. Not that yeah. Lanier is bad, but I think that's that's an iffy move to me. Okay. And then when you bring in Nolan Patrick, I think Nolan Patrick, like I said, I think he's going to be out of the league in a couple of years. And I think, I don't think he helps that team. They didn't get necessarily get worse, but to me, I'm looking at the Oilers and the moves they made. They brought in Duncan Keith, who I love. Duncan Keith, yeah, the guy that has won two cups with the Blackhawks, right? 
he's a guy that brings stability to that team. Yeah, experience, about. stability, abilities. Right. And I love Cody Ceci. I, I I think that's another under the radar move. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and then and bring Blake back up a good point. Can yeah. Blake Smith recreate what he did? You're mm-hmm. right. I'm looking. I'm expecting a lot. But I think Mike Smith's one of them guys, like, he could dominate. So, I think the Oilers, to me, are the team, like, they have so much top-level talent. You're right. It is always what are they doing at the bottom, like, their bottom forwards. But I just think from a lot of times I'm looking at them to be that team that kind of takes the next step finally after failing so many years you know, in the, in the previous years. Yeah. I mean, they could be, they could definitely be a team that surprises some people. Um, All right. So what was the other, so what, what, what are your thoughts on the Kraken? I love the name. Um, I love, I love, I love all the merch. I love the logo that they hit that one out of the park. Um, Problem is, is that then they started picking players. Um. I just, for me, I think they did almost the exact opposite of what Vegas did. Yeah. They picked a lot of young, inexperienced guys, guys that were going to be cheap. Um, I mean, you shook your head at the guy they took from the Flyers, and then they cut him. Like, like that's the guy you picked? Like, yeah. Yeah, And and I know that, you know, um, know, the coach had, you know, history with with, uh, Torinsky, but, like, to me – you know, they, they are going to be every bit of an expansion team this year. I, I do have them finishing ahead of the Ducks. Aaron. There's your boy, Aaron. Thanks for checking in. Checking in. We just had a great sports and metal show, and now he's watching this one. So, <laughs> hopefully I'm le- I'm doing him proud. There we go. Um, yeah, I have I have the Kraken finishing ahead of the Ducks, so I, I will give him that. But Okay. That's not. You know, it's I guess a consolation prize, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So we, so we got so we got Tampa in the East and Colorado in the West. That's Colorado. I'm going to go Vegas. Okay. All right. We'll put it in. We'll put it in the books. Let's Maybe we'll have a little. Uh... All right. So Mike Mike's checking in here. All right. Defense will be. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Their defense is going to be what it's going to be. It's going to be solid. Um, yeah. I just. Know, I... I don't think they're going to be the work. Like I said, I have the Ducks finishing lower than them, but I don't think they're going to make any kind of noise like to no. be anything of relevance. Now, that's not to say a couple of years from now they won't be good, but you know, like I said, we got to see what happens. But yeah, to me, it's Tampa is upper echelon. They're coming out of the East. You know, like you said, you have um, you have uh, Vegas, and I okay, have. I'm, I'm going to go Vegas, Colorado. So we'll lock those in. We'll lock our picks in. There we go. Lock them up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. Uh, we're going to steal. We'll steal something from uh, from Johnny. It's a, we'll put that in our our Uleka lock for for the season. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we got. All right. So the we're going to wrap up um, the 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 season preview with some awards. So. Let's start with, um, and we can go through a couple of them, but like, let's yeah, start with the every single one. I mean, so obviously, you know, you have your favorites every year for the Hart Trophy. So, mm-hmm. you know, the favorites right now, uh, you know, this is my own picks and also looking at, you know, Vegas, 
um, kind of, you know, their picks. And, you know, so you have Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews from the Maple Leafs. Right. Nathan McKinnon and Leandro Salty, because, you know, either one of them guys, they, they both put up 100 points. So right. they're going to be your guys. Now, my dark horse is Nikita Kucherov. Well, I, I have Nikita Kucherov. And the reason I do is because, well, A, I love the guy. I, I, I've been big on him since he since he came out of the draft. And when I saw, obviously, the Flyers didn't get him, I was pissed. And yeah. I – what this guy does in the playoffs in itself is amazing. Yeah, that – He's a playoff one. machine. Two years now, he's he's been the best player in the playoffs. And don't forget, last year he was out all year. So that's why he's my dark horse. I think this year he comes back and he's just fired up and I think he leads that team. So that's my dark horse. All right. No, I mean, listen, the first the – fir- I mean – the, the two guys that you mentioned at the top are the guys that I think, you know, are the guys that are going to be, everybody's going to be talking about preseason. Um, the, the young, I think the one thing that the NHL needs to capitalize on is to start to promote their young talent. Um, now that they've got that, you know, that they've got that, that TV deal um, where they're going to be, there's going to be a lot more of their games nationally broadcast. I think taking the opportunity to put some of that young talent, um, especially with like McDavid, you know, with him being in Edmonton and being out West, you know, the, if you're, if you're not like a hockey head staying up at, you know, to watch the, the, you know, the puck drop it, you know, at quarter after 10 to see the, those games out West on, uh, on, on the, on the, on the special programming, um, you know, you're, I think they need to take advantage of that. Um, and I think McDavid, you're the two guys that I thought about McDavid and Matthews are you know, the obvious guys to pick. Um, but I love your dark horse pick. It's uh, it's, it's, it, it could be one of those sneaky picks. Um, Vesna. Yeah. The, yeah I think so, the, the one so guy. Vezina, yeah. Well, the Vesna, obviously Vasilevsky is the favorite. I mean, no, we already talked about him. It's, uh, it's but, him and Bobrovsky. Sergey Bobrovsky every year is, is in the conversation. I think the guy that's a little bit of a sleeper is Darcy Kemper and Holly Buck. They're two guys that are both sleepers. But my dark horse, and I had two of them, because these are other guys that are always in the conversation, are right. Carey Price and Mark andre Fleury. So they're my two dark horse picks for Vezina. All right. Um, flyers over under real quick. Um, I have them about 85 points. So yeah, I would say under if I, if, if you're, if you're holding the, if you're holding my feet to the fire, I'm going to say under, um, could surprise us. Yeah. I think they could surprise us. Um, and it, what, uh, how about I, you? What, what, what do you think on the Vezin? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, again, it's hard. Yeah, like it, it, it's really hard to kind of look at, the guys other than those, those guys that's just kind of assert themselves at the top. Um, and I think that those two goalies in Florida just are they, the thing that I look at when I look at the Vesna is the guy, those are guys that they can carry that team. That if, that team if that team has an off night and they can't score, they can carry that team and shut a team out and they can win one, nothing. So they're, they're the Mark Brodeurs and Patrick Waz right now right. that we're watching. That's basically what they are. It, it's just every game 
you know, it, you know, is like a one nothing or two to one. They're just guys that their their goals against are consistent. If you look at Vasilevsky, I think he's been close to, you know, either two or less than two every single year since he's been in the league. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. His save percentage is like, you know, approaching nine forty sometimes. Like, it's incredible. I I I've never seen anything like it. Like honestly, if he continues on this path that he is, he he he's going to be an all time great. I mean, it's he's already in that conversation. I was just Not saying, yet, but he's getting there. Yeah, and, they're they're putting themselves in position to be in that conversation. So, you know, obvious they're obvious guys now. You know, if you want to go to the uh, the Norris Trophy now, I know a lot of times people, you know, everyone's going to pick Hedman, Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. My my pick this year, and this is my sleeper, is McCarr. I think McCarr is is on another level. Okay, he's a guy I would have loved the Flyers to get, but obviously we aren't getting him any shot. Another guy, my dark horse though. You're going to love my dark horse. Ryan Ellis. I saw it. That's that's uh, that's a know, homer pick. It's a homer pick, but that's fine. I mean, that's you know that's. But I think he's going to have a great year. Yeah, but I think you know, you're right. I think he's he's kind of primed himself for you know a a a, a year where. I mean, that award's not always about numbers either. No, it, it's it, not. It's that, kinda, that's an award that they look at. It's it's looking at the whole picture rather than just one. And that's why I picked Ryan Ellis because I think he's that type of guy that. Yeah, I, I, you know, obviously the Flyers would probably have to make the playoffs for that to happen, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. What I'm getting at. No, yeah, you're right. No, I like it. How about you? Uh, you, you know, same, same thing. <laughs> you know, it's that that award is not it's not easy to pick because, like you're saying, it, it is a looking at the whole picture. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but like Hedman is like the it's it's the it's, easy pick. It's, once again, it's, heads and shoulders right, above. It's it's you're looking at elite the, level guys, right? The one the hockey is the one sport that like those elite level guys stand out above all of the other guys. Um, I mean, yeah, the Rocket Richard Trophy. I mean, obviously, you know who my pick is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Ovechkin. It's, I think it, Ovechkin ever like. I know he took a step back as far – he was a little bit down as far as his goals per game. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going back to an 82-game season. But o- Ovechkin has not lost his touch, dude. Yeah. He's not as lethal. And I, he's always up there. I mean, you know, obviously the the the, the hot pick – I think the, the, the betting pick is, is Matthews. Yeah. Um, but – my dark, my dark horse. I have the guy, the Bruins, because I, I think them guys, they're two guys that always can put the pucks in the net. Pasternak and Marshawn. They're my no, dark absolutely for that. So I, I always kind of go out on limbs when I pick my dark horse because I think that's what a dark horse is. It's a guy that could do it, but could do it. probably won't. Um, you know, then we had the Jack Adams Trophy. I mean, obviously, you have your Joel Quenvilles in that conversation, right? But I think I think I, li- I like the your dark horse pick in that one was Vigneault. and I think if the Flyers can can start putting some stuff together and having a a, a decent, you know, they, they they have made moves like we talked about, have made moves on the on the back on the back end uh, on the blue line to make sure that they shore up the defense. So I think if they can start to put together those wins and move themselves ahead of, you know, some of those middle tier teams. I think 
if they're really successful, Vigneault is not a bad, is not a bad, you know, it's not a bad nomination. <laughs> oh, Mike just made me laugh. Oh, we got, I missed it. Taking <laughs> my damn head. I love you, Mike. Thank you. You just made my day. Dave, Mike, Mike I think Ingest is, is nominating Dave Axel. You just made my day. From the Kraken. Oh, God. That was like a Matt, uh, Matt from uh, – he always checks in on uh, AACB. Oh, Matt man. Matt when it says I'm uh, Mr. Negative. Um. Uh. Well, I, I guess the other award that we love here in Philly because we actually have a player that can win it is the Selkie. Now, obviously, the you know flashy picks are the Bergerons. You know, Mark Stone. I, I've seen his name thrown out there a lot. Barkov um, is a good pick. Barkov, O'Reilly. These are all guys that you know are studs. But I'm going with Sean Couturier because I think signing that contract. I think he's he, as long as he's healthy. See, he okay. does he does have a tendency to get hurt occasionally. So, but I think if he stays healthy, um, I think he has a shot because you know they're going to need Couturier to put up points. And yeah, they are. But we we know the Selkie's best defensive forward, and he's always on the ice, you know, covering the other team's you know best players. So. Um, I think he's, you know, it's not out of the question for him to win it. So no, you're right. No, uh, no. I know. I had to. I had to have a couple flyers in here because, like I no, said, no. flyer show. It, it, it wouldn't be a Philadelphia Flyers podcast show without <laughs> a little bit of homerism. If there's anything that we do really well, we're not homer. It, it, it is being a homer. So. Um, we're, but we're honest. I think, I think what, it, what you're, what you're going to get is that on, you're going to get that honest opinion. Um, and, and I think a lot of what you, if you're listening in a lot of what you're hearing, um, is going to be that banter back and forth, kind of like what you would see at a bar, what you would, a, a conversation that you would have with, uh, with your friends. Um, I do like the fact that this season they're, you know, they're, they're obviously getting back to the, you know, they're, they're going to keep that outdoor event going they're going to do the the blues are going to play uh the wild in uh at target field in minnesota which i think is going to be great it's going to be cold as all get out it's probably going to be you know minus 45 um i I don't think they're going to have a problem keeping the ice cold nah um anything else you want to touch base on before we go into final thoughts yeah uh I mean, kind of looking at what our, you know, you know, we had our awards picks going back to um, Stanley Cup odds, and this is up today. So it looks like we're right there with our picks. Like, and I didn't even look at the odds until after I made my picks. Okay. Um, they have Colorado Avalanche at plus 600 to win the cup. Tampa Bay Lightning is at plus 700. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights plus seven fifty, and then the Bruins at plus twelve hundred. I'll tell you what. Here's here. I would love. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a a flyer. No pun intended. All puns intended. On two of the, the the dark horse teams that we talk about that could possibly have made moves. The Panthers are plus two thousand. 
and the Oilers are plus 2,200. Let's do it. Let's put some bets in. Me and you. Like, we'll put a little bit of money in. Put a dollar on it. There you go. <laughs> You're right. I mean, they're, they're, they really, realistically, like, yeah. those are the kinds of bets that, you know, you could make really good on. Oh, it. absolutely. <laughs> those um, are the bets you end up selling on PropSwap. <laughs> um, there's just a website out that kind of um, – they do all total analytics and they look at like players that were signed and um, they have like some kind of like formula that they use. Okay. Um, I forget the name of the website, but I, I thought it was interesting. So I pulled mm -hmm. it up. And so it's almost exactly what um, the Stanley cup odds are. It's kind of weird that, that it matched that, but it has eight, the avalanche at, 87% chance of winning the cup. Right. Uh, the lightning, it has an 86%. No, I'm sorry. No, you're right. 86. 86. Golden Knights at 88. Um, the Bruins at 77 and the Hurricanes at 74. So I thought it was interesting that, you know, this, I don't know what formula they use, but whatever they do, they have the whole list of every team and, of course, the Flyers are way down here under even under the Kraken, which I find that hard to believe. I, I don't know what this bogus website's you know doing here, man. What is going on? <laughs> oh god! Got the Kraken finishing ahead of the Flyers. Oh jeez. Well, but anyway, that that's well, all I got. I mean, I know you wanted to finish up the segment with our uh, final so, thoughts. So with, with 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 final thoughts. So the Flyers this year decided that they're going to change up their goal song. Now, in in last year, I, I didn't hate the one last year, but when you think of a goal song, the horn sounds, what is the, pur the purpose of the goal song is to keep the energy in the building high, right? So last year, you know, that, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're talking about the, you know, the, the feel the shake, right? So that it gets loud. It gets, it, it, it hits hard and, you know, it keeps the energy in the building up. Jay, they picked quite possibly some of the three worst songs oh, I have ever, like, I'll, I'm going to play them for you. I'm going to play little segments of them. Now, the whole point of this, right, when you think when they and here's the kicker, when you go to vote, you have to pick two. You can't just pick one. Can't be like, all right, well, I like that one. The other two are trash. You have to pick two. So yeah, I'm going to play. The first one is called This Girl by Kongs and Cooking. This, this is a goal song? That, what? That is, the first, that is one of the first nominations of the goal song. Okay. The second one uh, is called Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. You might recognize this show from the from the late 80s, early 90s. Come again. It's called Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. 
that's the second nomination. The third one is by a band called Real Big Fish. R-E-E-L. Real Big Fish. And the, the, the only thing that I like about this song is the title. I was just going to say, the name? Beer. Here we go. Here's Beer. It's a wreck. It sucks. It sucks. It's terrible. Congratulations, Flyers. Dude. You have picked the three worst nominated songs that I could ever imagine. This, I'm sorry, is the and Mike Beer wins. Because it is the least suckiest song. I, I have an idea. I, I, I don't I don't have any words. Thank I you, Fire, for picking the least suckiest song. Jay? I, I got an idea. Go ahead. I'm all ears. I think we should send the Flyers our intro video and tell them to use that song. What do you <laughs> Listen, think? At at this point, Jay? Anything is better than the three pieces of trash that we just listened to. When um, I think hockey, I think metal, man. I think you think of something that's going to hit hard. Like yeah. it could be, it could be rap too. It could be rap. Like, it could be R and B. If you had something, if you had a song that came in and hit hard with like a ton of bass really early, right, and, and then kind of crescendos. Because you think about it, the goal song is going to, they're going to play it for about a minute. This, like, I, I just, I, so I have no words. Thank F you, minus. That's my, 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 my grade is an F minus. Uh, like, if, if there was a grade that I could give lower than an F, I would. It just sucks. So, thank you, Flyers, for picking super sucky songs for us to pick from and convincing us that when we have to vote, we have to pick two of them. Jay? Any other final thoughts before we get out of here? No, man. I had a blast. I, I really, you know, when you asked me to do this, I was so excited. I, I was like a little kid in a candy store, and I still have that feeling right now. Yeah. And we finished the show. And honestly, uh, I want to thank everybody out there that, that yeah. watched us tonight. I know comments aren't working on Twitter. So, you know, for those of you that did watch that couldn't comment, yeah, hopefully – I mean, I'm not worried about view. Listen, we're going to get views. People are going to know we're good. We right. are good. We know we're good. Right. But, you know, the views are going to come. But thank you to everybody that checked in. Yep. Uh, especially thank you, you know, to Mike and Adam and Aaron, yeah. and, and, Aaron. And, and Rich. I saw Rich yep. checked in. Like, thank you to all you guys. Because, honestly, without you guys, we're nothing. So I'm glad that you guys, you know, enjoyed it. I hope, I hope we were able to – you know, bring, you know, our A game and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, you know, you're, you're going to be able to find all of our, all of our, so the, the recorded podcasts are going to be uh, in the drunk on broad feed. Um, but you're going to, you know, we're going to upload these episodes onto the uh, drunk on ice YouTube channel. Uh, you're going to be able to find our episodes and, and content on all the social media platforms. So Make sure that you are uh, 
look, you know, at, at the top of our, our Twitter feed, there's a, you know, the, the link tree of, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, we've got uh, a drunk on bar. If you, if you see the, the icon that's directly above me, uh, we've got that in our drunk on broad uh, uh, merch store. So you can get that, that logo on anything uh, from baby bottles and, and onesies to, you know, adult pajamas and sweatpants and hats. So, um, you know, check out, check, check out our stuff. Um, and then, uh, you're, you're going to be able to, Jay, your, your, your sports and metal show is, you know, earlier on Thursday nights, correct? Yeah, correct. So we actually just recorded our uh, latest episode, uh, an hour ago, uh, actually from eight, uh, seven to eight. Um, yeah, we, we, we go pretty much every Thursday, but occasionally we change. And, and with my work schedule, we already talked, you and I, like, you know, this show is going to be bi-weekly, so we'll announce it, you know, at the beginning of the week, what day we'll have it. But it's going to change. And, and you know, maybe we might have – we already talked about it. We might do some pop-up shows after game, you know, post-game. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we love, we love interaction. You know, we, we love this, the, the comments and, and – Please tell us if there's something you want us to cover. Like, you know, you and I, that's how we work. Like, that's how we roll. Like, we're all about the people. So if you guys have something you want us to cover or, like I said, any good, you, you know, guests that you want us to try to get, you know, we're all about it. And like I said, the great thing about this is, is we're two honest guys. And we're, like you said, most of the show is just going to be us. shoot. Obviously, this was a little more formatted because we did like right. a, a preview show. But I think everybody that knows you and me knows we're, we're realists and, and like we're going to shoot the shit like we're in the bar and not even on a show because that's right. the best shows. The best shows are people that just are themselves, not people that try to be something they're not. And I think you and I, you know, have proven that that's what we're about. We're, yeah. we're about the people. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, you're going to catch our, our episode two. Uh, during, uh, I would, I would say that that third week in September. So look for it around, you know, the, the 20th, 21st, 22nd in that neighborhood, um, of October. Uh, you can catch our, our drunk on broad episode tomorrow night, uh, uh, at eight 30. Uh, so, uh, and, and we, you know, we look forward to seeing you, uh, later on. All right. Have a good Thank night, everybody. Guys. Take care. Peace out. Later. Go Flyers. Go Flyers.